few months ago came out a new book in September. It's called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. The book was written by a Jewish woman that she and her husband and their two children decided 10 years ago to unplug themselves from technology one day, one day a week. Anything that has to do with a screen. And the day that they chose was the day of Shabbat. They right away make a point to make clear that they are not Shomer Shabbos in the literal sense of the word. They are still driving and doing other things. But they chose Shabbat as the day of rest. On this day, they do not speak on the phone, on the cell phone. They do not watch television, use computers, or anything like this. Friday night, they invite guests. They have beautiful conversations around the Shabbat table. During the day, they are sleeping longer, reading books, spending time with the family. It's beautiful. What pushed them to do it is they saw how people stop to communicate with each other. They see people walking on the street of Manhattan with the, with the ads inside their phones. People sitting in restaurants, families sitting in a restaurant. Everyone is looking at his smartphone and nobody is talking to each other. Then they decided to start a new custom, the new tradition, and they discovered a new world. Usually people, when they are, every time, every day of the week, if you have some free time, you feel guilty. I have to do this, I have to finish this, I have to do this. Shabbat is not feeling guilty. The daughter said that the best, she's now a teenager, the best thing is they're not feeling guilty that she doesn't have to complete her own work or things like this. The husband said the same thing, his name is Goldberg. He can, can live his life. He can relax, he's permitted to relax. Mm -hmm. Something that he never had. You know, usually you are constantly plugged in, constantly in, in uh, you, you are constantly reachable. Mm -hmm. They are always available. Then you have to answer right away phones, text messages. And if not, if you don't answer for three hours, people start to wonder, what happened to him? Is he alive? Why doesn't answer? And it's constantly, you're constantly on the go. Since they told their friends and their family that they are unplugging for one day a week and Shabbat, don't expect me to answer phones, don't expect me to, to answer your emails and messages, they discovered a new life. They're free people. And they discovered that Shabbat is the most relaxing day of the, of the week. The best night sleep they get is Shabbat when they don't have the cell phone next to their bed. Suddenly there is time to think, time to reflect. You know, when you get constantly information, you don't think, you don't have time to think. You answer, you don't have time to just relax, to dream, right. to, have a new, to have a vision, to have, what, what's my dream? We don't, you need time to, 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 your brain should not work. Your mind is constantly bombarded with information. And her daughter said that, to, to, that she's not doing any homework on Shabbat. The teachers told her, in high school, you will never be able to do it. You'll never be able to, because the teachers send information, update uh, grades and, and sure. homework constantly. Right. You will not be able to do it. She says this, that she disconnected herself on Shabbat. She unplugged herself on Shabbat. Helps her to do a better home, to deal with the pressure and the stress of high school. Mm -hmm. And the parents say they feel much more productive on Sunday.
because they, for one day they didn't do anything. And then by the end of the conversation, I saw an interview with her. She says, and by the way, Shabbat is the fourth commandment before do not kill, do not murder. Not bad, I must say. Obviously, it's very important to humanity. The problem, she says, is that human beings developed a complete dependency on, on we are dependent on, on, our, on our machines, on our cell phones. People feel they'll die if they don't go out, they go out of the house without the cell phone. In the parish of this week, read about Joseph. This is parish, name is Vaigash. Joseph reveals himself to his brother. He tells him, I'm Joseph. Whoa, great news. Go tell my father. He should come back. He should come back down to Egypt and meet me and I will take care of him. There is no famine. We have food in Egypt. It will be good. Going to, they're going home, going home to Israel. They tell Jacob, Joseph is alive. Can imagine how great is he happy about the news and he says yes i'll go to see him before i die that's what jacob says he's under he's under traveling he's in Be'er Sheva, and god reveals himself to jacob after many years they didn't reveal himself to him and he tells him jacob do not fear to go down to egypt and somebody tells you do not fear because you're fearful mm-hmm. right what was jacob afraid of he was afraid to go down to egypt because they were idol worshippers you know what was the problem in, 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 uh, in Egypt? They were obsessed. They didn't have technology. They were not dependent on the, on the cell phones. They were dependent on the Nile River. Mm-hmm. Obsessed with the Nile River. Until today, Egypt is obsessed with the Nile River. The Nile River starts in Africa. Right. It starts in the Rwanda, in Rwanda. And from there, the river is going throughout all the... It goes to the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean, exactly. It goes through Ethiopia and Sudan and Kenya and Tanzania, many, many countries, all the way to Egypt. Then in 1929, England controlled most of these countries. Mm-hmm. They made an agreement with Egypt that Egypt will get... In the end, they ended up after a, a few agreements, and e- Egypt got 87% of the water of the Nile River. Sudan, the rest, and the other countries couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Egypt was controlling the whole Nile River all the way. Nobody was allowed to move a stone there without the permission from Egypt. In the year 2000, I think, they started to talk. What is that? Ethiopia needs water. Everybody needs water, not only Egypt. And Egypt didn't like it. Ten years of agreements and meetings and this. I think in 2010, the other countries made an agreement to how to deal with the Nile River, and they left out Egypt and Sudan, who were obviously against the, 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 the agreement. And obviously, who Egypt blamed? Israel. That Israel wants to find, get money, make water from Ethiopia. And the minister who is responsible for water in Ethiopia said, guys, what's with you? You think the water has wings? They're going to fly to Israel? We need the water. It's for us. It's nothing to do with Israel, but Israel was blamed. That's today. They are so dependent from a financial, from a financial point of view. In 3,500 years ago, the Nile River became their idol. Because they survived the Nile River, they, they worshipped the Nile River, they, everything was the Nile River. Jacob was afraid of this, of this Nile River, of this obsession that this is God. This, that was the God. What, and when you see in the story of 
the, the going down to Egypt from time of Joseph all the way to the Exodus, God wants to make a point about the Nile River. Pharaoh has a dream, right? Last week, Pharaoh dreamed about the seven cows, the seven good cows, the seven, and it, but it's written, the seven cows coming out from the river, from the Nile River. Then the Medrash is asking, why Nile River? The story would be, the dream would be a perfect dream without the Nile River. Seven fat cows say that it's going to be seven good years. Seven skinny cows means it'll be seven bad years. What's the, without the river would be a perfect story. He wanted to tell them it's all dependent on the, on the Nile River. The Nile River will give water, will be plenty, mm -hmm. plentiful. The Nile River will not give water, will dry out, mm -hmm. will be a famine. What God wanted to tell them, the Nile River is not in control. I will make it, I will decide if the Nile River is a lot of water when the Nile River does not have a lot of water. It's God revealing himself in the, in the dream. That was in last week's parasha. This week's parasha, Rashi tells us, and when Jacob came down to Egypt, the famine stopped. Why? We read a, and a few verses before that, something very interesting. When Jacob came down to Egypt, Joseph told him, we have to go to see Pharaoh. It's my, you're my father, Pharaoh wants to see you. He came into Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, why you look so old? Why are you so wrinkled? That's what Pharaoh asked him. Then he told Pharaoh, I had a very hard life. Then it's written, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh and left. What a blessing he gave him. He gave him a blessing that whenever Pharaoh will come to the river, the water will come up to him. Basically, he gave him a blessing that the water should come back to the river. Because of Pharaoh's blessing, because of Jacob's blessing, the famine stopped. The river started to bring water again. And, 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 uh, and it's not written in the text. It's written just that he gave him the blessing. But what's the blessing, Rashi tells us, from the Talmud, that he gave him? And that's why the famine stopped. We see it from the text that after Jacob came there, there was no more famine. The famine was the first two years. When Jacob came in, that was the end of the famine. And everything later in, in the book of Exodus, right? Um, the, the Pharaoh decides to, to throw the babies into the river. Then, then they put baby Moses into the river. Uh, daughter, Pharaoh's daughter goes into the river to wash. She takes out Moses from the river. Why she calls him Moshe? Moshe means that he, he was mushed out from the water, was pulled out of the water. That's why he's named Moshe. Mm -hmm. and, the whole, and then God, the, the plagues that, that, God, that Moses did was turning the water into, into blood. What was the, the whole message was, the river is not God. Yes, it's true. The Nile River gives you, gives you Sustenance. sustenance but there is somebody who is in charge of the river is not God that's that's what that's what the, uh, the, the, it's just like a vehicle of God it's not something on his own right and that's what God tried to make the point in Egypt for 210 years from the day Joseph from from uh, before Jacob came for 201 years from the beginning to the end it was to tell the Egyptian, yeah, the river is your sustenance. Oh, don't, don't be obsessed, the river, the river. If somebody is in charge of the river, and he will decide if, it, if the river is going to bring water or the river is not going to bring water. The obsession, the dependentness in the water, that's the problem. And then people decide, and what is this in our life? Everyone has a little Nile River in his heart. 
everyone develops a dependentness that this without this, you will not. This is this. Young people is a cell phone. Oh, without a cell phone, he will die. He will not be a friend. Nobody will ever talk to him, especially boys and girls, teenagers. And it's really, we saw it here. If you don't have a cell phone, you're cut out from, your, from, your, from society, from the friendships, from, the, from, from your... But there is older people, this business deal, this deal, this is the deal that's going to make it. And if the deal is done, it's everything the deal. God forbid people are sick. This doctor, this medication, this treatment. God tells you, yeah, you need a medication. You need a business deal. You need a cell phone. Yes. But they are all messengers of God. Nothing is, it's not about them. And when you unplug yourself one day of a week from technology, it gives you more time than Shabbos. You remember that God created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh day. God is the boss, not me and not you and not the cell phone and not the Nile River.